Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alongside former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter, here's Alex Strofe. another week and another edition of the Pat Richter Show, the madness edition of the Pat Richter Show here on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing everybody? Alex Strofe hanging out with former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter here on the Pat Richter Show. Pat, I, I would ask you how you are, but I imagine, uh, you know, the madness has you feeling pretty good. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that madness. I've got a a little bit of a story, and maybe we maybe have covered it once before, but it's worth repeating. You know, March Madness has been something that I don't know if anybody, I, I certainly don't remember how long it's been around, whether 15 years or 20 years or whatever it is, and it was just kind of taken for granted, March Madness. And uh, I have a friend named Charlie, Charlie Besser. Charlie Besser is uh, runs a company called Intersport. They do a lot of publicity. You know, kind of public relations and okay. hospitality work, things like that, and masters and different things. And Charlie, of all things, kind of coined that phrase, and he trademarked it about 20 years ago. And uh, for years, I guess CBS and whatever, and the networks have gone, March Madness, March Madness. All of a sudden, Charlie kind of went, he raised his hand and said, excuse me, excuse oh. me, uh, I own those rights to that <laughs> name. And he did, and he uh, he was paid nicely, handsomely for millions. So it's uh, something if uh, the fans out there think about it, something that maybe you coin a phrase, if you think it's really good, go ahead and trademark it and, and register it because it paid off for Charlie. And he, he does a lot of the uh, three-point shots and, uh, and the uh, dunk contests and things like that at the Final Four, and, and but a very uh, smart guy, nice guy. Ironically, he was... Uh, He's a Marquette guy, ah. and uh, was was married to Al McGuire at the time, I guess it was, and uh, and uh, so uh, he's a terrific guy. He's uh, but he's uh, still a very much in the business, but a very savvy guy. So think about the crazies out there. March Madness is all taken, but um, April something maybe is left. Wow, uh, that is a terrific story. I don't know that I've heard that one before. So that's uh that's a good. That's a smart man right there. He had to. Uh, he, he knew what he was doing when he trademarked March Madness. That is funny. Yeah. All of a sudden now, it just seems like it's on everything. It's on the floors, and <laughs> and really they 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 paid for it. Now they're going to use it. Yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. Wow. That is uh, that is a crazy story. I did not. I did not uh, realize the history behind that. But uh, it is yeah. indeed March Madness. Pat. We'll we'll start with, of course, Wisconsin. Getting a three seed and playing in Milwaukee to open up tournament play here on Friday as they play Colgate in the first round. Uh, assuming they win Friday, they would play again in, in Milwaukee Sunday against the winner of LSU and Iowa State. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. A three seed and playing in Milwaukee uh, reminds me of that 2014 run, right, Pat, when they started off in Milwaukee, and here they are again. Yeah, exactly. And that, uh, that was the one that, uh, you know, the Badgers took it all away and and you know the playing in Milwaukee, the being Pfizer, it's probably not really as much of an advantage. I can't recall the day 
Marquette was a home game this year, so they didn't play at the Five Serve. They've not played at the Five Serve. Is that correct? And uh, so it'll be a new environment for them. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll start to get a little bit of a shake with respect to the way the things are called. I know nobody likes to talk about officiating, but for some reason this year seems to be getting the ire. I watched the game last night with uh, Indiana and uh, Wyoming, and. Uh, yeah. There were some crazy calls in there. You know, you're not quite sure what was going on, and and certainly the coach uh, from Wyoming wasn't excited about it. And neither was Mike Woodson for a while either. So it just seems like there's a lot of these calls with the charging and stepping in front, and you know, to just kind of revisit that and come up with a standard because, uh, you know, I I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little bit tired of getting seeing Johnny Davis getting pounded. I mean, he's yeah. just getting beat up, and. Uh, the thing that's hard to understand, and I, I certainly I do, and I'm sure the fans do, is when you're driving by somebody and you put your hand on his hip, just put touch the hand on the hip, it's blown as a whistle. But you get the ball down close, and Davis is trying to go through people, and they're slapping his wrists and hanging on him and everything else, and knocking him down, and uh, you know it just doesn't make any sense, and so. Uh, hopefully the uh, officiating will change a little bit. We'll get some people that haven't really set a, seen us before and don't have a preconceived notion about what a about flopping and all kinds of business like that, which I think has been been overblown. And uh, it's just been crazy. But it's uh, you know the the game was in the Big Ten games. It's just you know, when you get down there, and it's, it's people don't understand it's almost an advantage to get in early and play and rather than to wait and uh, took a little while for us to get warmed up in the baskets and uh, and it just doesn't uh, you know it's just not a good indicator of how your team is playing I've heard from a number of different people that kind of said gee you know Johnny just didn't look his normal self kind of a little bit vacant you know somebody even said well did he get hit in the head and maybe a concussion I'm sure they looked at all those types of things but he just, uh, I think it's just kind of wearing on him a little bit. And now that some of these things with the All-America team kind of put to bed and he's made that team, some of these things that he may be pressing a little bit to uh, to attain have come true, and maybe now it's going to settle down a little bit. And hopefully it will give him a good chance because Colgate, from what I understand, is a pretty good team. Yeah. And uh, the, the prognosticators and the committees always seem to, like to pair us up with somebody, either somebody that they think is a run fast break or all of the stuff, thinking that we're going to slow them down or vice versa. So it's uh, you have to earn your way. No matter what the seed is, you just really have to play your best game every game. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what it comes down to in March Madness, right? I mean, you you got to get hot at the right time. And you mentioned it, Colgate kind of feeling that nice stretch where they've won several in a row heading in. And, you know, they've, they've really good three-point shooting team, which Wisconsin has struggled a bit with throughout the, the course of this regular season. So it's an interesting matchup. And, and you know, when you look at the numbers, right, Wisconsin gate of 14, you can throw those out for the most time in March Madness, right? Would you tend to agree with that? Absolutely. I don't think it makes any difference at all. I think, you know, the, the things now, the, even the numbers that stay, you know, one through 64 plus, things like that. But what's happened is the talent is kind of bunched in there and kind of consolidated into almost a little bit. Everybody's uh, just as good. There's a lot of talent out there. So whether you're 16 or, or 11 or 12 or three or two or whatever, yeah. you know, you're going to get everybody's best game. And, uh, and that's the thing about it is that you have, 
as a team, I'm sure Greg is well well aware of this in terms of making sure that his team is ready to play and uh, make sure they tell him, look, throw out the window with those numbers of 13s and 14s and whatever. There's always the, I mean, historically, there's always been two or three upsets in the early rounds. And uh, this year, I think, given the play that we've seen in the Big Ten and everybody kind of saying, well, the Big Ten, they're, they're the favorite, the darlings of the uh, selection committee, had nine teams in there. Well, Indiana showed where they belong yesterday, and uh, and I think that uh, the same holds true with the Rutgers. I've uh, my my uh, brackets. I I like Rutgers. I think that they uh, they they just could be very dangerous, and uh, hopefully can pull it off. So just kind of give a couple couple wins here for the Big Ten, and kind of put all that stuff to bed. But. Uh, it's going to be a very, very tight tournament. I think even the Gonzaga, as well as uh, their position, are going to have a tough go of it as well. Kansas seems to be very tough, but uh, the Badgers still get by a little bit. I think on that, uh, you know, I think that they're, they're slow down offense and things like this. And if people keep reading that stuff, they'll get surprised because we're not slow down at all. We take opportunities when they get them. Yeah, I, I saw Buzz Williams, who's uh, obviously the former head coach of Marquette, but now at Texas A&M. Uh, his team won the an NIT opening round game on, on Tuesday night, and I saw he gave a impassioned speech following his game, talking about he doesn't really understand you know, how the, the selection process works. He thought Texas A&M clearly had a good enough resume to make it in, and uh, of course they were one of the four, first four teams out uh, according to the selection committee. Now, when you bring up Rutgers, Pat, it makes me think of a, a similar question. They're playing a play-in game on Wednesday night, and they took fourth place in the Big Ten in the regular season, a conference that was, if not the, one of the best conferences in all of college basketball this year. It's interesting to me that a team like Rutgers has to play in and from the round of 68 to the round of 64, whereas a team like Michigan does not. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of Rutgers' position here in the, the NCAA tournament? I would exactly agree with you. I mean, I, I'm just not sure why it is. I think as much as they try to explain what the rationale is and how they make these decisions, the more complicated it seems to get. I, sometimes they get a little enamored with the name, I think certainly if you threw Michigan, Big Blue up there, Juwan Howard, all the stuff that's happened. This is going to make for exciting television, perhaps. Uh, you know, and and sure they have the potential to put themselves in a position by ranking them there that they give an opportunity to win a little bit easier. And I, I think in some respects the uh, the what is it, 12? I think Rutgers has got a seat at 12 or 11. Yeah, they have the 12 12 game, and uh, and that may be all right if, in fact, that's uh, the way that Rutgers is ranked and the other team is, is really a 12, or if they were in the same kind of situation as Rutgers and had a play-in, I mean, they're, they're both maybe a mismatch. And uh, So I, I think sometimes it they just as they uh, get caught up in the preseasons and things like this, and I think that uh, excitement and, and enthusiasm and uh, controversy and things like that comes into play a lot more often in these selections than we realize. I mean, if you go through the the the, play, you know, the, the brackets in terms of saying, okay, if, if this happened, if this one happened, this happened, ultimately somewhere down the line there's going to be a matchup there somewhere, you know, like a, a Shaka Smart at Marquette uh, playing a VCU, for example, where yeah. he's, he's close, or a Texas. And 
they just like to get those things set up so there's a storyline that can be sold and uh, and it doesn't really help the teams much but somebody is usually on the short end of that stick and uh, you know, in like Wisconsin for example I mean in the Big Ten tournament we thought well maybe they end up playing Michigan well that would have been there's nothing you can do about that because that's just the way they position the way they end up in the Big Ten but when you're making a selection committee process you know you can just look at those potential matchups down the road and you can say that there's an awful lot of gamesmanship in that respect yeah great answer there on on, on the whole Rutgers situation and the, and the seating overall so I'll ask you the same question with Wisconsin because I'll be I was decently surprised at a, at a, one of the best three seeds getting to play in Milwaukee. As a Badger fan, I'm thrilled. As a basketball fan, I was a tad surprised given uh, the early bow out of the Big Ten tournament. But uh, what do you make of the Badgers' three seed? Clearly, the regular season uh, title helped uh, uh, helped them claim a three seed. Yeah, I think that's probably legit. I think there certainly there was a lot to be said for you know, Johnny uh, Davis getting banged yeah, up and right. things like that. And so that probably taken into consideration. But I think also that they uh, they do it because they used to do it based on expense and travel and things like this. And and I think that when you get to Carolina, or usually North Carolina was always playing in their home area. Or now I think Duke is playing in South Carolina. That all those things that happen like that, they say, well, let's treat everybody else the same way instead of just on the East Coast and things like that. So uh, I think that they they probably sold those tickets you know, because I think there's only about 350 tickets or so, I think, for each of their teams. So they have to make sure that they've got a successful sale, and uh, and that's one of the ways that they can sell it, you know, the likelihood of it being there. And uh, But in terms of the team tickets, it's actually a small amount, so it's really not – in terms of everybody getting a ticket who wants a ticket, it just won't happen. And so uh, yeah, after the first round games, if we get past those first round games like we expect, then there'll be more tickets available on the open market. But uh, they're all, they're, look, there's, you, have to, you have to factor in the money part of the game. The income is, is in television and, uh, and just giving the sponsorships of, uh, of the uh, – the uh, running the games some benefit. I mean, they could have had perhaps a Marquette and had Marquette run run the table a little bit better this year. They could have been maybe there as well. So they always look at those matchups as being a potential for you know, driving home some of that revenue to the organizing committees and things like this, and trying to mm-hmm. maybe make it a little bit more of a success for them as well. Yeah, great answer there. Pat Richter joining us here on the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe with you as well. And you mentioned Johnny getting banged up. I, I imagine that had to play into the loss to Michigan State in, in the Big Ten tournament last week, Pat. But the, it's a seven-day layoff. Friday to Friday uh, is the break that they get, so hopefully that can play both into Johnny's favor as well as the team's favor, right? I mean, that that's that's a nice layoff period before really ramping up here in the NCAA tournament. And, and a lot of teams obviously get a short break here between uh, the weekend and, and opening Thursday. But, but a week certainly helps with your best player dinged up a bit. Yeah, certainly it does. I think the main thing is that you've got to – keep that edge in there a little bit. And maybe in this case, because they had lost a couple of games towards the end of the season, that edge is not the one you want, and they'll just try to replicate it again. But I think in terms of these, that's where your scout teams come into play, You know, getting the, 
the information with respect to Colgate and making sure that uh, they got all the bases covered and uh, and all those things that uh, go into having a successful run, and that's important. So I think that, uh, that what, the fortunate part, I think, is that Greg and the other guys have uh, been around a while, Again, and this is not the first time they've uh, had this opportunity, and I think in that regard they're, uh, they should be pretty well-versed in terms of how they're going to make that happen and play off of the advantages psychologically in terms of uh, the home crowd, supposedly, and you know, it's it, all those things are going to go into the mix. But it's certainly, and from Donnie Davis' perspective, I don't know that we're going to see any any lapse or drop in his ability to drive the basket and things like this, and and just get up a few of those bruises and bumps and things like this that he's endured over the last week or ten days. And that certainly that probably far outweighs the. Uh, the ability to give yourself a fine edge in terms of seven way days to play a game after the last game. I think in this case it's probably been a, both a mental and a physical uh, tough, tougher season than you might expect with regards to the Badgers with 15 or 16 games down to the wire. And so uh, it, it probably all could use a little bit of a mental break as well as a physical break. That's true, and and we talked about it a bit earlier, but I, but I think it's fascinating the fact that the Badgers get to play just down the road at Pfizer Forum. I, I was watching some, you know, uh, Josh Gosser, who of course was a part of that 2014 team, uh, was reflecting on playing in Milwaukee at the old B, BMO Bradley Center uh, back in 2014, and he said it felt like a home game because it was a home game, right? I mean, it, it, all, the support for our team was astronomically bigger than any other team that was playing in Milwaukee that week. So how much does that help? Is that is that as big of an advantage as I feel it is? Because it's essentially you know two home games, assuming you win uh, the first one, for the Badgers this week, and that's, that's, that's got to be a big advantage. Well, certainly if you take, for example, the Brad Davison, you know, if you're on the road somewhere, You'd be hearing more boobirds and things like this. Getting uh, if he takes the first charge, they're all going to be all over him. And now you're going to hear people cheering if he gets knocked on his keister. He, everybody's going to be clapping and cheering and thinking they're going to get a, a charging call and things like that. So, and it's just a familiarity, you know, a comfort level. It's just you, you not even not because you've been in Milwaukee very often, but you. You know, there are people you're going to see that you know that's going to be, uh, you know, you're just not, you're just close to home and things like this. So it's very, very certainly a, a, a real advantage in terms of that regard. And, uh, for example, you're playing uh, Colgate. Now, that's way out east. I mean, they're going to be traveling. They're going to be living out of a suitcase a little bit more. You know, the Badgers will be a little bit less travel-weary and things like this. And it all plays into those things. And and some of that adrenaline can overcome that uh, that, that soft start in terms of uh, being a tough road to hoe. But all in all, it's it's always an advantage. And like I said, what Josh said was perfectly right in terms of being a home field advantage or home court advantage. Yeah. And in, in some respects, you know, it, it, the court... This is the same size, obviously. The baskets are the same height. Some are tighter than others, but those are things that they'll have a shoot around on Thursday, have a chance to get on the court, take a look at it, things like this. And then when they get, 
you get filled in with the stands and the free people. When you're looking through and free throws, things like this, you're not going to be looking at people going crazy and booing and everything else and put throwing the noodles up and things like that. <laughs> it's going to be your people more or less. And uh, and I think if you get a good run, you get excited, people like that, that's going to be a big advantage. No doubt about it. So I think I heard you correctly. I think earlier uh, about 15 minutes ago, you referenced your bracket, and I asked you about this last week, Pat. Did you fill out a bracket this year? Yeah, sure it is. Our son Barry gets all the kids in, and okay. he keeps he keeps track of it. And like I say, uh, crazy enough, our youngest granddaughter always seems to win, and I think she just throws <laughs> it up in the air and just throws darts at it. I think that's probably as well as you can do it. Although this year, I think that. Uh, there's a little bit, not not necessarily more science into it, but I think there's a chance that regardless of who you pick, you've got an opportunity because it's a dog in many close games. And so uh, you have to kind of lead with the heart a little bit. I That's what I did with Indiana in that respect. Yeah. And uh, it was probably more knowledge or just, you know, reputation than anything else. But they had a tough game to start with. And uh so now you get into some a little bit more familiar territory, but uh, you know, like uh, Weber State and Bryant, for example. Right. I mean, you, you just throw it up in the air and take a take a shot. You just and try that's to all you can do. Just try to see what you can figure out, and you feel really smart if you pick an upset correctly, right? But I got to ask Pat, who you got winning it all in the bracket? I got I've got Arizona. I do as well. Good minds think yeah. alike. Yeah, I, I, I mean think. it's it's tough to break, go against any of the number one seeds all the way up to the semifinals, yeah. and you can stick with the Badgers for as long as uh, Kansas is going to be really tough, and uh, and it's just uh, you know a lot of it is just tried and true, you know, battle worn uh, teams that have been to the tournaments a lot, and uh, and I think that that we in that respect we still. We still are able to kind of, uh, I think, have a little bit of an advantage because people still kind of give, don't give us the credit they're due, and they can get surprised. And I think in a game like this, you know, unless you have a, we we had tough go going with respect to uh, Coburn and Edie yeah. and big guys in the Big Ten. I mean, if they don't have anybody like that, I mean, you can just see that uh, to crawl and. Uh, and uh, Tyler are going to have a good opportunity to uh, to make some hate underneath, not not have to have Johnny drive in the basket all the time. Just going to be able to passing the ball, getting a good shot is going to be very important, and being a little more selective threes and uh, keeping the game close. Because when the game closes, we always know that we've got an advantage. True that. That is the great Pat Richter on the upcoming NCAA tournament. The Pat Richter Show is brought to you by Oak Park Place. Oak Park Place offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of the care you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you. From independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place, with locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. You can visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. That's oakparkplace.com. Well, Pat, uh, the Badgers done at the Cole Center for the year, but the WIA State Boys Basketball Championships returned to the Cole Center for the first time 
in three years. Obviously, you were a big part of, of building the Kohl Center, so it's always cool to see the high school kids get the opportunity to play on the court where the Badgers play, and it's uh, the first time in three years they'll be back. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about moving them at, the, at different times, and some of the issues became one of uh, scheduling and whatever, and I think uh, you mentioned about playing the same time. Generally speaking, this kind of comes up at the uh, kind of the end of the season in the Big Ten, and there was always a a need in hockey as well to end up playing that, that weekend and the conflict. And so in most cases we had to be on the road. And so there was no advantage with respect to our, uh, the Badgers teams and uh, because they were always gone. And so when you had the field house and the Cole center working together, there was a chance to have one, uh, the women's game, the girls basketball there in uh, one place and the men in the other place. Then there was always controversy in terms of equal uh, access and things like that, which made it difficult. And uh, quite frankly, I think that if having had the experience with the field house, a lot of people would love to play that in the field house rather than the coal center just because of the environment and the closeness of the people and loud. And it's a special place. And so, that, but with respect to the uh, high school tournaments, Everybody wants to be there. I mean, it's just uh, something that you kind of grow up in. You know, as a player or a younger player, you don't, if you're not in a tournament, you always want to go to the tournament. It's just a kind of an interesting, neat time to be around Madison at that point. And, uh, and now with the Cole Center and the Badgers, with their long-term success of basketball, it's, it takes on a different meaning because it's, you know, it's much more important. You see the future stars of, hopefully, at Wisconsin, and a uh, number of players that uh, just have you know kind of been targeted nationally for recruitment. So it's always a lot of fun, and uh, you just never know who's going to win it. That's because the same things apply in a high school as you do in college. Is that you can't take anything for granted, and there's usually no home court advantage in most cases. In this case. Yeah, true that. Excited to have uh, all five state championship games on our airwaves here on 100.5 ESPN on Saturday. And Pat, uh, you played in a state championship game and you won a state championship back in 1958 with Madison East. Uh, what do you remember from from that? I mean, obviously, I imagine that has to be one of your, your favorite high school sports memories. Well, it really was. And being in Madison and uh and uh, with respect to the teams that were in the tournament, there was the Shawano lacrosse team, and and then there was Madison West. And so we had played Madison West uh, during that season, and we we each uh, had won a game. We split, and uh, I had pneumonia in one of the games, and so I didn't play. So it was all kind of like the rubber match. And so if we won our first game, we were going to be ended up uh, – matching up against West High School. And, of course, they had a very fine team and led by Jim Bakken, who was a really close friend. And and Jim was a, obviously a big Badger uh, star and was the NFL kicker with the St. Louis Cardinals for many, many years. And so we both won our first game, and we merit patched up on the, on the Friday night uh, game because the first game was Thursday. It was three nights in a row. Right. Friday night playing Madison West. And... Uh, Quarters are eight minutes long in that game, and so we were going down about about two minutes left in the third quarter, and we were down by, I think it was six or eight points. And I'll be darned if we didn't shut them out the rest of the way, and we ended up winning, I think, by four or five or whatever. So we beat Madison West, 
for the semifinal uh, to move on to the finals, and we played Milwaukee uh, North. And they had a fine team with Howard Fuller, and and uh, Vic Anderson was the coach. And uh, that was kind of the start of their longevity in terms of the state tournaments. But we were able to sneak by, win it by like three points, I think it was. And uh, it was a great thrill. But that's, it's hard to believe it was 64 years ago. You know, thinking about running up and down the court now would make me, make me a little bit ill. You know, <laughs> I bet you still got it, it in you, Pat. I bet you still got it in no. you. I was, uh, in fact, when I, after I went to the university on a basketball scholarship, I mean, we used to play alumni games, and uh, yeah. I remember making a three-point shot one day, and I, I exceeded my career average by a point and a half. <laughs> I know we uh, we did a deep dive into your college statistics a few months back uh, on the basketball court, and uh, you know you were you were still on the team. You're the last three-sport athlete, even if you only averaged a point and a half, Pat. You were still uh, the last three three-sport athlete at UW. So uh, I, can't take that away from you. What's that? I was a rebounder. I was a rebounder and a distribution distributor of the basketball. Let's put it that way. There you go. You were on. Unse- you were an unselfish teammate. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the way we'll put it. Well, Pat, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the basketball this weekend, and we'll catch up again next week. Okay, Alex. Good night. That's the great Pat Richter here on the Pat Richter Show on one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN app, and with Wisconsin on demand.